Trend Shift Podcast. You're listening to episode six of the Paradigm Shift Podcast. My name is Alex Sanfilippo. I'm the founder of DailyPS.com and the host of this episode today. I'm really excited about this episode that we're going to be covering. We're going to be talking about the struggles of our youth and how we can help. And with me today is a good friend of mine. His name is Eric Nelson. So Eric, glad to have you today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're passionate about the youth? Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, I'm married to Christina. I've been married for coming up on two years, August 31st. I just have a huge passion for kids and just anytime I'm around kids, I'm just like the giddiest person, as you know. Um, so I just believe that there's a lot of things that they're struggling with and a lot of challenges that they face and that we can you know, really come alongside and, and serve them. And I'm a, a PE teacher, teach elementary PE. Uh, this will be my fifth year coming up. can't believe it's already nice. been five years. Uh, and I coach middle school football and baseball, so I'm around the youth constantly and just really enjoy pouring into them and, and the challenge of that. That's awesome, man. That's cool. And I'm going to say this about Eric as well. Uh, he has a ton of influence with the youth. Anytime we go to any sporting event or hang out anywhere, no matter what, there's always like at least one or two kids that like are just seem totally random, run up to him, just come say hi to him and talk to him. It's just always been really like, for me, inspiring to see how just how these kids look up to him. So I think that's really cool, and I love being able to see that, man. So what you're talking about is like really. I just feel like you're really like qualified to talk about this, so I'm excited about this podcast today. So let's go ahead and jump into the questions here. Um, can you tell us what you've noticed about the next generation and the challenges that they face? Well, there's definitely endless challenges that they face, uh, and I try to narrow it down to four for the sake of time. Uh, the first one I have here is lack of mentorship and discipleship, and I'm going to touch on mentorship here, and I'll touch on discipleship a bit later. According to the National Mentoring Ship, uh, mentoring partnership one in three young people will reach adulthood without a mentor and if you look around and you're in a room that's wow. you know you're finding people that have never had a mentor outside of their their family wow, yeah. and they're critical to a child a mentor has i mean they can help in in endless ways and a few i have are just they can model positive behavior how to treat others they they see how you treat somebody they see that you're generous and have gratitude then they're more likely to do the same with it and they see the result of that uh, day-to-day challenges, just simple, how to handle a, a simple conflict they might be having at school or certain uh, responses to adversity. How do you handle those in a situation? And mm-hmm. a mentor is a great a great uh, person for that, to, to model that. Yeah. And then another one is academic success. Um, kids can have a better appreciation for school if they, they see the opportunities of you know, an adult that is maybe working 40 hours a week and they are in a job that maybe interests a child and it could uh, allow them to you know, strive for... Um, higher educational aspirations, whether that be, you know, just going to college. Maybe they've never thought about college because someone in their family has never attended college. Maybe they're the first one. So those are just a few ways that um, a mentor can, can be of great help to a child. A uh, second one is social media use and access. Uh, kids have endless amount of social media yeah. access, and they, they're using it all the time. If you're out in public, you're seeing kids on their phones, and us adults are guilty too. But let's focus on the kids here. Uh, right. You know, kids' brains—they're they're still developing. They're—they're they're mentally not capable of, you know, setting the. I mean, they're capable of setting the phone down, but they're—they don't understand, like, a time to do that. Right. They can just constantly be on it and not know the ramifications and uh, and the harm that it can do if you're on it all the time. And so the risk taken is high, and their impulse control control is low. Um, and you need to get a brain surgeon on to explain that further. Right. But, yeah, uh, it's just it's also media is more readily accessible to our youth than ever before and I remember growing up and I used to have to steal my mom's Nokia and play Snake on it that right. was the, that was our social media use but. how old were you when you got a phone uh 
It was high school. It was definitely was it? Yeah. 11th grade, 12th grade. I think when I could drive, my parents were like, you need a cell phone. And it, it, I mean, you couldn't even text on it yet. Yeah, you know? I'm not, yeah. not trying to age myself here, right. but <laughs> it, times are definitely different with that. I mean, every phone now has social media, has full access to anything like you're saying. Right. So that's a huge deal. Especially as a teacher, I see, I mean, even kids as low as second grade, third grade that it's crazy. are on Instagram and they're trying to friend me on Instagram or Facebook or, oh my gosh. and they're scrolling through Snapchat and it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's dangerous because it can be accessed anytime and, and the dangerous thing is it can be accessed in private without the proper parental restrictions. And, right. And if a kid has a phone at school, who's there to watch them and make sure they're, they're looking at the, the appropriate things. So, mm-hmm. um, a couple things that media can, can really be destructive with is it can allow children to compare themselves to their peers or manipulate how they portray themselves. And mm-hmm. it, leads to, it can lead them to not maybe not be good enough or maybe they're on the opposite end of that spectrum. Maybe they feel like they're better than everybody else. So it's a struggle of pride and humility constantly if they're not using it in an appropriate manner. Uh, It also hinders face-to-face social interactions and a lot of kids that you try to speak to and um, they just don't, they don't know how to have conversation and uh, real face-to-face conversation involves a lot of emotions. It involves body language that you can feed off it. There's a tone of voice that you can't, get through social media that you get through face-to-face interaction it's just it's real raw down-to-earth conversations i've definitely noticed that one that's for sure that the interaction just isn't isn't there sometimes right and i don't believe there's anything necessarily wrong with social media but it definitely has to be used in the the appropriate manner Uh, the third one is lack of values and discipline Uh, when children aren't led by solid values they tend to value what the world offers and and that really goes for anybody but i see it coaching especially middle schoolers um just this, they're seeking out popularity and, and sex and money and drugs and alcohol. And and the Bible says that that's going to happen in, our, in the end times. And, and 2 Timothy 3.2 says that people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful and unholy. And um, when we value the now over the future, especially our, our youth, they're always if they're always focused on the now and the instant gratification that these things offer, well, then they're basically saying they don't trust Christ to be their ultimate satisfaction. Yeah. And that's what we ultimately want to lead them to. And the fourth one is the family dynamics. There's many family dynamics, such as divorced families, fatherless families, motherless families. Maybe uh, they had a parent pass away, parents working multiple jobs to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a great marriage and dad works... 14, 16 hour days and mom takes care of the house. So that child doesn't have much of a, of a male influence in their lives outside of, I mean, maybe a teacher or, you know, there's not a lot of male teachers out there either. So all my males need to get teaching, step up your game. Yeah. So, and even in a healthy family, we can see where there could be a lapse of, you know, not having a good solid mentor. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think everything you just said there is, is, really relevant and important and honestly it pertains to to adults as well it's just imagine in the life of a child it's it's magnified it's like way way escalated it's way bigger because they're so they're still learning and developing in their minds and things like that and i think it's it's just important for us all to understand the effects that this has on the youth right now and the people that are around us and, and how much it's really just affecting them and gonna they're gonna take all that into adulthood it's gonna it's gonna fall in their whole lives right um so that kind of leads into this next question I want to ask. But so how can how can our mentorship and discipleship play a role in the lives of the youth? And basically, what can we do? Let me define those terms first. Uh, to mentor someone is to advise or to train someone. So that could be you're mentoring someone to play an instrument or to improve their skill in a sport or mm-hmm. academically mentoring them. And to disciple is to embrace and assist in spreading the teachings of another. 
Uh, I got this quote from a Relevant Magazine article. The main difference is that a disciple maker brings intentional spiritual investment into their disciples' lives, trusting that God will bring growth and strength to those we invest in. So as a Christian, it is God's command all throughout the New Testament to go and make disciples. It's not an option. We are commanded as Christians to go and do that. Again, it's intentional time that you set aside to help your disciple grow into the likeness of Christ, to see them grow into that deep relationship and understand who Christ is. And through the discipleship process, you want to, I mean, you trust that the Holy Spirit is going to transform and grow your disciple, mm-hmm. that they may go on and disciple others as well and not just keep it, keep right. it to themselves. And you're not just giving information, you're, you're teaching them as well. And so, um, again, mentors bring advice and influence to those whom they offer guidance. And I just suggest that you, that you just know the difference before meeting with your mentee or your, the person that you're discipling. That's Make good. sure that you speak to that person and say, hey, what is... What is this relationship going to be? Is this going to be more of a mentorship? You want me to help you get better at a sport, playing an instrument, whatever that it is that you're going to mentor them in, or is it going to be in that intentional time set aside to help disciple them yeah. and open the Word of God and, That's and, smart. and show yeah. them how to dis, uh, be a disciple? So just communicate those intentions. Make sure that you're on the same page because not everybody wants a disciple. Not everybody's a Christian and wants wants to be discipled in the Word of God because they don't know it yet. But that doesn't mean that we can't still be a that a Christian still can't be a mentor. Right. And you know, the door might open later on where you can become start doing some discipleship, starts off with mentorship and works into something else. Yeah, but definitely. you're right. I, I like what you're saying there. It's really smart. So I, t- I know I touched on uh, discipling. So I'm gonna touch on uh, three critical parts of mentoring. Actually four critical parts. Uh, the first one is love. This is it's an obvious word that we I feel like our culture tends to throw around and not put so much um, so much weight into what it really means. But mm-hmm. Uh, setting the example for your mentee and just displaying the things that God says about love, displaying patience, displaying kindness, uh, just caring for that for that individual. And when, we, when we're able to recognize our our sin and our shortcomings, um, actually, when we recognize in others, I hope it reminds us that our own sinfulness and shortcomings um, compel us to be gracious enough towards loving our mentee. That we can see the sin and shortcomings in ourselves and mm-hmm. and allow that to uh, foster some grace towards towards them. Yeah, that's good. And Love is always vulnerable. It's always messy, but it really produces a great joy in, in those who like genuinely love each other and care for each other and, and share that bond. So when it gets messy, don't don't run don't run from it. Just keep investing in that child, and just know that it's not about you. Know it's about that other person. Second one is trust. And anybody that's been in a relationship or has parents or and this goes for really anybody because everybody's had a relationship of some sort. Right. Uh, it's a foundational component. It's Think of a relationship that you're close with, and there's there's a lot of trust in that relationship. Uh, it's important to be honest again about our shortcomings, so we can teach our youth that they're not the only ones that make mistakes. Because oftentimes, you know, you'll see I see it all the time at school. I'll see kids that you know they make a mistake and they they kind of shrink in their shell and they feel like they're the only ones that have ever made that mistake. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody maybe coming alongside them saying, "Hey, it's okay." Like it happens to everybody. So when we're honest with ourselves and others, that's when we can experience change and growth in each other. Um, on the other hand, if we portray ourselves as perfect, a child's going to be less likely to admit their wrongs, and they're going to find ways to hide their imperfections. And right. That's good. I, I definitely did that as a child, keeping it within and, and letting it come out in different ways, like anger or or jealousy of someone else, and not really dealing with that that shortcoming. Um, third one, got to believe in the child. Got to got to believe in our youth. Believe in who God created them to be. Know that they're going to mess up, but still offer that belief in them because you're trying to mentor them for the sake of who they're becoming, not not the person that they are at that moment, because we all make mistakes and we're all trying to grow. 
uh, you may be the only person that knows and invests and believes in them. If you're mentoring someone one day a month, I mean, that one day out of those 30, 31 days, you could be the only person that truly wow. offers that belief in them. And the last thing I want to offer is that just enter into their world. Meet them where they are in their world. Uh, I know um, when I was a child, I used to hear from my coaches or teachers, hey, just if you need anything, come see me. Or if you need anything, call me. Like, I'm not going to call my coach. I'm a 16-year-old right. trying to go do other things that I think are more <laughs> right. important. So it's important for us to be proactive and be, be relational. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Listen. Gain that understanding from them. Okay? You have to invest in their lives. We can't just expect that they're always going to run to us with their problems. Right. Get down to their level. Be patient with them. Show those things of love, and, and they'll eventually open up to you. That's good, man. One of the things you said in there kind of that really stuck out to me is don't be forceful. Basically, you're either going to be discipling them or you're going to be a mentor in their life. It's not always both. Don't try to force something. And then really, just like you said, getting on their level. I think that's so important. Uh, and you also said believe in them. You may be the only person who does. I know that was true. I, when I was involved in, in youth ministry years back, I remember there were some students that I really felt that way from them. Whenever I talked to them, whenever I had a conversation with them, I just I could tell that I was the only person who was really had faith in them. They were going to get better. They're going to get through things. So I think that's a really important, just a really important point that you, you drove there. Um, Move on to this next question here. Uh, what does mentorship and serving the youth look like practically? And just give us some quick steps we can kind of do before we close out here. All right, number one, parenting is obvious. If you're, if you're yeah. a parent, you have a big responsibility for your child. Uh, some other ways, and there's endless, there's endless ways to serve our youth. And I'm just uh, going to go down the list. Educate yourself. When we're educated and made aware, we can better serve our neighbor. Uh, give financially, locally, or globally. Use your profession to advocate for children. Volunteer at a homeless shelter or juvenile detention center. Volunteer at the YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, Youth Ministry, VBS, Disciple a Child. Apply to a youth mentoring program. Coach a youth sport. Get certified to become a teacher. Become a foster parent. Adopt a child or multiple children. Those are just some, some practical ways to, to put into practice of how to serve our youth. That's good. And I know that you and me talked about this before we did this podcast. You, you gave me some good links and stuff that we're going to be able to share in the, in the show notes. So if anyone was interested in any of those and wants more details, we're going to have that in the show notes as well. Um, so Eric, before we close here, do you have any final thoughts you want to share with us? I just want to close with a scripture in Matthew uh, 18, verse 1 through 4. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So basically, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you need to humble yourself like a child. That's good. And Jesus, Jesus loves the children. The disciples were arguing, Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Sure enough, Jesus calls a child up to the to the stage and says, "This guy is because he's he's humble. He's he's approached me with humility." So, and if anyone's been around children, they know that a a child's trust is pure. It's it's Mm -hmm. humble. It comes and it really has no boundaries once once it's established with somebody. And they're not going to ask you and say, "Hey, do you have my trust?" They're just gonna just gonna come and do it. They just they're gonna trust you. So, and children that rely on their parents to meet their needs. Um, that's just how we should act and submit to our Heavenly Father to meet our needs. And when we submit to God the Father, He, he receives us freely as His children. Yeah. And so my hope is that this truth uh, compels us to love children with the same love that our Heavenly Father has for us. And just may we walk in His grace and, and just trust that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us as we disciple and mentor our youth and next generation. That's so good, man. Eric, thanks for being here with us today, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and you know, my prayer for everyone today who's listening to this is that this really encourages you to to take a next step. 
to really get involved in the next generation in, a, in an intentional way. And my prayer is just that we see this next generation, we see some people really coming out of it that are just living for God first, and they've just been able to, to see the example we've set for them. For show notes and discussion, visit podcast.dailyps.com. Thank you for listening to the Paradigm Shift Podcast.